I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, gold and crown. Good afternoon and happy Monday. It is Monday, February 5th, 2018. And this is a continuation of our daily Bible reading throughout the course of the week, Monday through Friday. We meet here on Facebook around lunchtime, around this time, uh, and we gather together. We read some of God's Word, and we study it a little bit. We we'll look at some of the teachings that we find uh, in that in that reading as well. Uh, if this is your first time, uh, thank you and welcome. Uh, I encourage you to look back on some of the previous studies that we've done. Of course, we've done Matthew chapters 1 through 20 to this point, and we're on Matthew chapter 21 today. Our weekly reading, you can see right there, uh, for this week is Matthew chapters 21 through 25. Uh, and if you'd like to catch up on the previous readings, you can do so on our Facebook page. You can also do that on our website, loveland.church. Uh, and you can also find us on iTunes and Google Play in the podcast section. Just search for 2018, colon, Together in God's Word, and you'll find us there. One last thing, um, I'm going to be traveling tomorrow, so I'm going to have a uh, video prepared in advance and have that going out around noon tomorrow, so unfortunately there won't be a live video, but I'm hoping to do um, at least one or two lives uh, later on in the week. If not, there will be videos out daily anyways. Um, I'll be traveling in New York City, so we'll see uh, how time constraints and, and scheduling works out for that. Um, but nonetheless... Uh, together, uh, we're here together today, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 21. So let's go ahead and get into that now. Let's make that font a little bigger here. All right. Now, when they, whoops, there we go. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and to Bethpage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, "Go into the village in front of you." And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, a, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. That's from Zechariah chapter uh, 9 there. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. So there's a lot that goes on in this chapter. Uh, but it starts off with this beautiful teaching uh, of, of Jesus and, and something that I think is really applicable for us today and something that we should consider in our daily lives. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in Jesus' life. There's a lot going on for his disciples. There's a lot going on in this chapter. Um and there's a lot going on in our lives as well, right? We have jobs, 
we have church, we have family, we have uh, travel, we have you know sports, we have kids, we have all kinds of these things that we uh, constantly have to be thinking about. There's always activity happening. And sometimes there's tensions, there's confrontations, there's drama that is associated with all of this. And so um, during these times you may find yourself struggling um, and, and uh, you know trying to keep everything equally balanced on, on your plate. And if you've ever been a server and you've had to carry one of those big trays with a bunch of plates on it, you know how important it is to balance your plates properly. Um, but nonetheless, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, and it takes a lot of resources to keep your family going, let alone yourself going. But no matter how busy you get, right, when we look at this teaching of Jesus and we look at, at what happens here, Jesus says, go, go get the donkey, go get the colt, and if anyone says anything, say this to them, the Lord needs them. And this in, he indicates that there would be no questioning of that. There would be no... Uh, there would no, there be no um, argument from from the owners of the, the donkey and the colt, um, because the Lord owns them uh, would be sufficient. That would be enough for them to say, "Okay, here, yeah, here, here you go." So in our lives today, no matter how busy we get, there's going to be times, often, that the Lord needs something of us. It may be our time, maybe our home, it may be. Uh, our car, or, or mainly, mainly just our attention and our focus. When that time comes, though, will the fact that the Lord has need of you be sufficient? Will that be enough for you to say, okay, yeah, here you go, here's my time, here's my effort, here's my love, here's my attention, here's my focus, Lord, because you require it. I think that's a, an important thing that we can apply uh, from this reading. Now, Jesus is entered in Jer into Jerusalem, and immediately he goes into the temple. He enters the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Why did he do that? What's going on in the temple? So when people come to offer sacrifices, they bring the best that they have. But what was happening is they, there were these booths that have basically been set up in the temple for people to sell those sacrifices to people. Rather than those things really having a whole lot of meaning to them or, or being of their own work or, or worth, really, um, they were going and, and having to buy these things. And by calling them robbers, it indicates that these people who were selling these things were grossly overcharging uh, people, taking advantage, basically, of the sins that people had that they needed atonement for and making money off of that. And that's not a good thing. And so Jesus drives them out. He calls them robbers. He says, this is to be a house of prayer. And then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. So he came into Jerusalem, he leaves again, goes out to Bethany and stays there. In the morning, he was returning to the city. 
back to Jerusalem. He became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. I see this I see this situation in, in this story. I see this as kind of humorous. Um, of course, there's an, an important teaching at the, the latter part of this. But Jesus is hungry. He goes to a tree. There's no fruit there. <clears throat> and Jesus basically says, Die, tree. How dare you not serve me food? Uh, and, the, of course, the tree withers. So when the disciples saw it, verse 20, they, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive, if you have faith. This, uh, this teaching here, again, very reminiscent of what we saw previously when Jesus says, if, uh, Truly I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, uh, you'll be able to say to this mountain, Move from here to there. So this, uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at that teaching about mountain-moving faith, what that means and uh, how it applies to our lives as we look into God's Word uh, to, to discuss that more. So that's coming up next Sunday. I know that's early on in the reading, uh, but uh, I think it's a really good topic that we should uh, definitely consider uh, and look into. So looking forward to that uh, coming up this Sunday. Uh, all right, verse 23. So Jesus comes back into the city, and he enters the temple again. And the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him, and he was teaching, and said, uh, "By or they they came up to him as he was teaching." So they basically interrupted him and say, "By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority?" Jesus answered them, "I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things." The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven? Or from man. And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. This is good stuff. Now Jesus then goes into two different parables to help kind of explain things a little bit more to the Pharisees. <clears throat> but ultimately here you can see that the the Pharisees were not willing to answer Jesus' question in any way. By answering we don't know, that that's true. They didn't know what authority uh, or, or where the baptism of John came from. They didn't know. It wasn't from their law. It wasn't from anything else. So where else did it come from? And so their, uh, their refusal to answer that question shows their lack of faith and their lack of understanding. Uh, because if it did come from heaven, then they willingly and knowingly rejected that teaching of John and ignored it and possibly even spoke out against it. But on the other hand, they weren't willing to say that it was a teaching from man, A, because they didn't have the evidence to say that, uh, or the you know they didn't have the proof, uh, but B, they feared the people. They were afraid of what people would say and what people would do based on their understanding and their belief. But the fact is, is they didn't have one. They didn't fully understand it. And so out of fear, they, they, they have no principles to stand on. They had no solid ground uh, to, to, to set their feet on. And so they cowardly stepped back and said, I don't know. 
Now let's look at these two parables that Jesus gives here. What do you think? A man has two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and he went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? The Pharisees said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. I think that, that parable there is pretty clear. I don't think there's a whole lot of explanation uh, needed with that. Uh, but if you have questions, put them in the comment section down below. Next parable here is another really good one. This is uh, this is kind of a, for, a, a, a foreshadowing, a, 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 a parable of, of his life and ultimately what would happen to him, but also how people uh, would treat him. Um, verse 33, here another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and he leased it to tenants. And he went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the servants, uh, and the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. But therefore, or when therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And the Pharisee said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. <laughs> Good answer! Jesus said to him, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous, and it is and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits, and the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them, and although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. You see the book ending that happens there with Matthew? The Pharisees have no basis. They have no bearing. They have no belief. They have no understanding of who Jesus is, what his purpose is. All they know is that they are indignant against him. They want to kill him. They want to arrest him because he's causing chaos. But they feared the crowds, just like they feared the crowds regarding John. Because they didn't have a strong footing, they didn't have a strong foundation on which to stand in order to support the accusations that they had. That the baptism of John was from man and not God. They didn't have a basis to stand on to make that proclamation. Just as well, they don't have a ground to stand on in terms of accusing Christ of a crime. Now let's get back to the parable here. Now I hope you saw the, the parallels that Jesus uh, drew here. The servants that were sent, the bond servants that were sent to gather the fruit, they were killed. They were ignored. They were beaten. 
beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first time. And they did the same to them. These are the prophets. This is the law, the prophets. This is uh, the messengers that came before. John the Baptist. And of course, the landowner is God, and he sends his son, Jesus. And of course, they throw him out of the vineyard and kill him as well. And the answer that the Pharisees give about what the landowner should do, and again, we're talking about God, they say they'll put him put out those wretches into a miserable death and let lend out or lease out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Exactly right. That is exactly the correct answer Jesus was looking for, but little did they know they were talking about themselves. Of course, they didn't perceive that until later on after Jesus uh, finishes up his rebuke here. But ultimately, uh, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven is for those who are willing to accept the Son and produce the fruit. For those who were unwilling to accept the Son and unwilling to produce good fruit... Well, as the Pharisees rightly said, those wretches are headed to a miserable death. So that's Matthew chapter 21. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, anything that you found interesting in this reading? Um, some things uh, and teachings, teachings in here that you can find uh, that you can apply to your life? Leave those down in the comments below. If you have any questions about the Loveland Heights Church of Christ, you can always reach out to us. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. You can email us at info at loveland.church. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Of course, you can also message us directly here on our Facebook page, and uh, we can get you the answers that you need there as well. Uh, with that, I hope you have a great rest of your Monday, and I look forward to uh, sharing the video uh, of tomorrow's reading with you tomorrow, and hopefully I can join you once again live, live from New York City uh, later this week. So I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless, and if we can assist you in any way or pray for you, please let us know. Have a great rest of your day. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sunshine's ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe, robe and crown, mansion.